0: this fucking google Julie, why wouldn't a search be included
1: that's what makes us a great duo yes one of us listens one of us
0: doesn't exactly <laughs> sometimes scary but always fun
1: <laughs> yeah you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air <laughs> or hang on tight uh read my fucking headline bozo the clown i'm already a best-selling author
0: Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We are recording live again today after a short break there. Uh, But Defeat the Chaos is a show about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. And we're here to help people looking, uh, whether you're looking for a direction on how to be more successful, or if you're just looking to share in the struggle, this show is for you. Today, we have Callie Keane back on the show to talk about building an audience that buys from you uh we're gonna have julie and i catch up here on the first break uh, the first segment and then we'll bring callie on and then um at the end of the show we're gonna do some news and we'll have a quick news segment where i get to mansplain something to julie i don't even know what it is because she hasn't told me the topic yet so that'll be fun julie how you doing today
1: i am really good i'm i'm here you know it's a rough start to the morning but i'm i'm good i could have used a little more sleep last night sure yeah. yeah
0: how about you how are you doing well I'm I'm excited to be recording live again it's me kinda, too it's kind of weird doing a, a radio show and recording it um ahead of time yeah especially because so many things that we talk about are timely and yeah. it's really hard to talk about timely things when
1: we're recording well in advance exactly yeah it's nice to be live because the other one of the other reasons it's nice to be live is because it is an indicator that our lives are starting to get a little bit back to normal, a little bit,
0: a little bit, or yes. at
1: least maybe the new normal. Are we, yeah, allo- are we even don't, allowed yeah, to? Yeah, don't say okay, that. I won't yeah, say no.
0: that. I'm sorry. But yes, here at Defeat the Chaos, we're all about defeating the chaos. And Julie and I have been living very chaotic lives. Uh, just business has been crazy for for both of us and start, starting to normalize a little bit. It's starting to get back to. The way it was where, you know, for me, I'm not working 8 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week, which is nice. Instead, I'm recording a radio show, and I still have to work till midnight tonight.
1: <laughs> right. I think you are, well, I think we're both still working, like, eight really long days. But maybe it just feels normal now <laughs> to work yeah. really long days. I don't know. I don't know. So, I am I am looking forward to our um, topic today on, you know, building audiences that buy. Callie is an expert at that. And... We actually, Kelly and I actually threw together a mastermind that's starting in mid-June to um, help entrepreneurs with that. So that'll be an interesting topic because Kelly and I have some pretty strong opinions on it. I know you do too, because we've had more than a couple of clients who we've helped launch new businesses. And they just assumed right out of the gate with a couple of social media posts that they would sell out. Remember, we had one client who thought he would sell out his entire inventory within like an hour.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I remember that and uh yeah, you it's it's um a hard a, a tough realization when you think that you're the shit and then realize that you might be shit.
1: <laughs> or that not every you the year there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of noise on social media. So to get noticed on social media and have that be your only channel for advertising is it's it's pretty short-sighted.
0: It really is. Um, and I'm experiencing that firsthand um, at, at Cabo and I'm not surprised by it, but it, we're following the exact plan that I set out to, to, to follow and that was we're going to use uh, the, the existing fan base that we had, the existing customer base from all of the Virginia Tech alumni here in town. Uh, to just kind of get us going and get us started so that we could get trained, you know, basically get our staff trained because opening a restaurant is uh, tough for many reasons, but one of them being everybody is brand new, like they've never seen most of the food, they they don't know what it's like to work with myself or each other and um, so we wanted to make it as easy as possible for everybody and to ensure that the customer experience was as good as it could be. So, we had a limited menu, we had limited hours, we have, you know, limited tables. Um, I did zero, zero advertising outside of social media because I didn't want a line out the door on day one. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to just kind of ease into business. So, now that I'm starting to advertise, like, do some more traditional advertising, not social media, starting to build the brand network, etc., we can handle the increase in business.
1: Now you want the line out the door? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So as you know, Corey, yesterday we were sponsors. We, we sponsored the drink cart. At, I do know that. Yeah. I was there. I know you were at a charity golf event and it was, it was a lot of fun. We did, you know, we met like a hundred golfers as they came through and we had some giveaways and whatnot and lots of swag out there for people to take. But what's interesting is, so we had, you know, all three of our businesses represented. We had Certivium, SB Pace, and Cabo were, you know, represented at this table. By far, Cabo was the one that people were like the most curious about or the most excited about, which I am at this point in my life just used to, right? I'm like, okay, yes. But what was interesting is we had one gentleman in particular who came up and talked about, you know, his college experience in Blacksburg and how much of it centered around Cabo and how he wasn't sure if he wanted to go to Cabo, the the new one that you just opened, because what if the experience was drastically different and it ruined his memories? And I laughed and I said, you know, we actually had a conversation about that. And he's like, you did? And I'm like, Yeah. Corey was really intentional when building this restaurant that he knew how huge the nostalgia factor was going to play into it for people who had been to Cabo and Blacksburg. And he really didn't want to, he he thought very heavily around, we have to make sure that this brand, that the, the food, the memories, everything like matches as closely as possible with what they experienced when they were in college, whether it be, you know, 15 years ago or five years ago. So that they're like, ah, Cabo. And it seems like from most of the social media posts that people make when they're there and they post, you know, the picture of the food or the drink or whatever, that you have hit that very, very well.
0: Yeah. And uh, that was one of my concerns with with opening was that the expectations that people ha- had for. Uh, this this restaurant we're going to be inflated because the last time they were at Cabo, it was 10 years ago. They were younger, they were thinner, they were more attractive, they were probably drunk, and they had this opinion of what Cabo is. And, and I was like, I have to meet this inflated expectation. And so that was the goal. And, and this was like, we have to be better than Blacksburg significantly better than Blacksburg. Well,
1: and listen, that's pretty much your rule of life. I want to be better than.
0: Yes. <laughs> I want to win. You like to win. I'm a very competitive person. It's like when I'm uh, back when I was able to go to yoga very often, I'd see these you know tiny little girls who are much more flexible than me, much, you know, it's like they can do yoga much better than me. And I would be like, well, "Fuck! If she can do that, I should be able to do it, and I should be able to do it better." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yoga
1: is not a competitive it sport. It is when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just recently learned something about about yoga. Well, not so much specific about yoga, but specific about flexibility. Did you know? I don't. And listen, I didn't fact check this, but I know when I say these words, you're going to fact check it for me. Flexibility is the only thing in that about like our bodies that we can continue to improve throughout our entire lives the only thing i can see that okay Whew. that's good i was so it was told to me by a yoga instructors so okay well i trust that it was i trust that it's accurate
0: i would actually discount that because they're just trying to sell their fucking wares
1: <laughs> that's possible that's possible all right so let's uh let's talk a little bit about um let's talk about the power of masterminds right because this will be a topic that we might dive into with Callie in the, in the next segment, because um, like I said, we've got that mastermind coming up, but I, you know, we just recently had a mastermind for, you know, we brought in, like, we had four female entrepreneurs who um, joined a mastermind and it's really, it was really good, but I'm, I'm curious for, cause you've participated in a mastermind.
0: I participated in one.
1: Yep. So I'm curious about your thoughts on them and like, because you're sort of coming in it with a little bit of a, you don't have the same experience and um, of participating in or running them. So Correct. I'm just curious.
0: Yeah. Well, because I mean, when this most recent mastermind was happening, I was when I was opening up a restaurant, so I had exactly zero time right. to help. I remember I, you tried to get me to jump on one call, and we didn't have internet yet, and I had to like walk out back, and it was just a whole, just a production because you know in the middle of it's like any time that I turned my back on that build out, I'd walk in. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why did you, why did you think that was a good idea?
1: It's like like, leaving a toddler alone. It really is. It
0: really is. Like, but I had like eight different toddlers and they were using heavy equipment and like,
1: that um, sounds right.
0: Yeah. So, um, but yes, for, for the mastermind, I mean, the one thing that I like out of the mastermind, like, well, two things, uh, one, you have a group of people who um, who So you get different opinions, like you get a significant, like you can get like a significant um, variation in opinions on, mm-hmm. on what's like going on, whether it's, you know, your personal life, your business, or whatever the mastermind's for, um, but also that accountability. It, because for me, like that's one of the, there's certain things that I'm really good at holding myself accountable to, but then there's other things where I'm just like, you know, uh, screw it, I'll just, I'll figure it out later, um, you know, or not do it at all. Uh, So having that accountability where I'm like, you know, for me, I don't want to show up to something and say that I was going to do something and have not, you know, haven't done it.
1: Yeah, that makes complete sense. So um, I love them because it gives, and I think this is kind of what you were saying with with the first, you know, plus that you just gave for it. Everyone, if you're running a mastermind where people, Everyone's providing input. It gives a lot of different options for people. So if I bring it, if I'm in a mastermind and I bring a problem to the table, if everyone, anyone, let's say there's like six people in the mastermind, if four people have experienced it and and handled it different ways, then they can give me four different options for how to move forward. Or like this is what I saw when I did it, and maybe you can kind of you know piecemeal together a solution that's very specific to to what what's needed. So I, I love that part of it. It gives people an opportunity to share knowledge where I think sometimes people are more hesitant to do it. Um, but I, and I also love that it's a really easy way to, you know, build like connection and solve problems quickly. Like you can move through stuff very, very fast in a mastermind. What I don't like is that some masterminds don't have like durations as in the we'll just go until everybody's done talking and yeah. then five hours later, you're still on a call and you're like, Oh my God, shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. I couldn't deal with that at all. Like, <laughs> like for any kind of meeting in general, like even if I have exactly nothing to do after that meeting, if it goes over like more than three minutes, like we, we set this for 60, we're at 63 minutes. We got to end this. Let's just send let's this.
1: Maybe at, at 60 minutes for every, every um meeting that we have, like, when it hits 61 minutes, then there's like an a a timer that shows like how much extra money it's costing whoever we're talking to. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. You now have to pay us. I was just
0: gonna say you could put that music like in in video games where you're like running out of time and it's slowly getting faster and faster and faster and faster. Yeah. You just put that in the background because you're like, oh God, we got to finish, finish, finish.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. Now firing clients. You want to talk about that? I'll talk about that really sure. quick. How do, ha, we've we, we have we ever fired a client?
0: Um, not that I know of. I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either. I think we've told a few people that we didn't want to work with them. Yeah, before, before we before, started. Yeah, we yeah. Started, yeah. So firing a client. What's <laughs> let's say that you want to fire a client. And you don't have anything in your contract that would really technically give you an out, a legal
0: out? Well, first of all, that's silly because you should always have a contract.
1: No, Um, you have, we have a, let's say there's a contract in existence, but there's not, there's not truly a legal out.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. In that contract, you need an out. Both parties need an out. You should be able to terminate that contract for any reason with certain amount of notice, et cetera. Um, But I mean, if you don't have that built in, I think it's, you, you need to, then just get something in writing of this is, you know, this isn't going the way that it's it should be going or, or, or we're way off track or it, whatever the reason is that you want to terminate it and say, here's what I plan to do to mm-hmm. make you whole before this gets, and before this ends. And then, I mean, you, you need to get some sort of something in writing so that you can cover your ass so you don't get sued later.
1: Yeah, I think that's the, that's always my concern is like, what if you get, also, Firing clients, I, it makes me feel like I'm a bully. Can you want to? You want to hear my biggest fear? Secret fear? Secret fear? And I'm I, I really hope that when when we talk to Callie after the break, that um, he um, he's probably going to side with you on this one. Though here's my secret fear of fire, firing a client: that they're going to say bad shit about me on the internet after I fire them. Yeah.
0: is that ridiculous you just have to expect that people are going to say bad shit about you on the internet regardless (laughs) like
1: just acknowledge it's already happening
0: yes
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah. i know but i just think from a business perspective when you fire a client and then you know i don't know like i i know a lot of like crappy business owners and i just i don't really well i don't I, i guess i would never publicly talk about them like that on like on the internet
0: i mean you would without saying any names because you have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. But you know what? I do it very coded. People don't know that it's.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think some people know.
1: (laughs) I know. I had a post the other day on social media and I had like four people call me because they assumed it was about this one person. And I'm like, that's not even who I was talking
0: about. Well, well, so in that case, it's even worse because now you're basically spreading rumors about yourself. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, what else you got before we go to break? We're getting close to the break here.
0: Um, Well, let's, you know, let's talk about real quick the, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about with um, Callie, building an audience that buys. How do you do it in two minutes or less?
1: Obviously, with paid ads on social media.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: Obviously, that is the winning answer. And I am sure Callie is going to back that up, right? I don't, I just think really what, Corey, we know this from experience, If you build, if you create a business and then you put your proverbial open for business sign up, people will just flock to you. You don't really have to do anything, right? Like you are probably going to be a unicorn and that everyone's going to want to buy from you and you're going to sell out within the first couple of hours if it's a product or you're going to, your calendar is going to be booked so solid, like you're not going to have to do anything because you... Have this amazing idea that everybody wants.
0: It's possible.
1: That's how it works, and right?
0: That, that is that is possible, but very very unlikely.
1: What do you think the What do you What do you think the percent like likelihood
0: of that is? Uh, less than one percent of one percent. Yeah. Um, but the um, I mean, you can build a business that way. It's just going to take a long time. And, yes. you know, so, I mean, it, it. you can do it that way if you don't want to actually do any kind of advertising, if you can afford to. Yeah, But
1: you've got zero traction. Honestly, here's the easiest way. Find out who already has the audience that you want to sell to and figure out how to work with that person. And I know that's what Kelly's going to, that's what, my guess is that's what he's going to say.
0: Sure. And he had a whole series on his podcast, the N-Hype podcast, uh, the um, about that. Like, he did? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you listen to it?
0: Yeah, I listened to one of them. one in in the series, but I did listen to one of them.
1: (laughs) I listened to all of them. All right, let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll have Kelly Keen. Hey
0: everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram.
1: Yeah. Scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses.
0: And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand.
1: Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time.
3: Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com.
4: Say it skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. On the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career
5: path. But how do you get started? First, tune into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: All right. Welcome back to the show. We've got Callie Keene joining us. Hey Callie, what's been the highlight of your day so far?
6: Ooh, I just I just got in the office and I'm just I'm just getting ready. I, my highlight right now is being on the show and awesome. listening, listening to you guys chop it up. So, I'm excited to get to get in here, so.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's get let's talk about nonsense. Let's get let's go straight into it um. because there are Listen, don't hold back today. Like let's really talk about like what what do people need to do to build an audience that buys why is it so important and most importantly what do people get wrong
6: what so i i think that a lot of the noise that you see out in the market of like oh i can help you increase your sales i can fix your this and this and this is people are pitching you an expensive solution where they then have a continual job at your business right so marketing companies saying i can help you with youtube ads or facebook ads Fantastic, maybe they can, but then you have to hire them and manage it forever. You're also giving a little bit of your money away. Uh, So that's why you see it so prevalent is because they have continual revenue on your business and you continual spend. But if you don't have a war chest and you you don't know exactly how to laser target or use those platforms, they're extremely expensive way to find out that you don't know what you're doing. So for people that are just launching a business, I, I use the product analogy because people like this idea of pre-sales and building a list. And if you listen to coaching consultants or product consultants or service consultants, they say all this craziness like, oh, let me let me show you how to build a list. And their plan is to make a simple PDF that nobody really wants, run ads behind it and capture emails and then throw people onto a newsletter. And you're going to pay five bucks, maybe three bucks if you're good and you have it all dialed in per email address. And so then when I tell people, oh, to launch a product, you need 30 to 100x the people on that list that you need for your minimal quantity to buy. So then we do the math and they realize that their pre-sale campaign is going to cost $15,000 and it's not such a cheap way to do customer acquisition. And it just deflates people. But it's so easy to get into that market as a marketer because you just have to say I'm a marketer that there's a, a swarm of these people telling you that that's the way that business is done when it's demonstrably false if you went to an industrial space and went to every service provider every business you went to every everyone that's successful in your town and you pulled them how they get customers and market themselves it's going to be a sliver of a sliver that says, yeah, we run Facebook ads.
0: Well, I want to talk about like personal biases when it comes to marketing and, and that type of stuff, because for me, I don't have social media, but I do understand the value of social media. And so for, when Julie says, hey, let's do X, Y, and Z, or Francis, or somebody says, let's do something on social media. I'm like, okay, cool. You, you know more about it than me. We should probably do that. But for instance, um, with, with Cabo, um, I'm considering like doing paid ads on Yelp. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't use Yelp. I've never used Yelp. Like this, this sounds like a terrible idea, but then I'm like, what? Yelp's a big company and people clearly do use Yelp because they're, you know, they're still in business. So, you know, like for me, like it's getting past that bias of, well, it's not, well, I don't do this. So, you know, it's not something I, I should use. I mean, this is why having a customer
6: first mindset is so important because when you understand your customer, you understand how they buy, where they buy, where they get information. And a key premise that, is left out of uh, most like marketing gurus' plans are things that are essentially free or low cost because it doesn't enable them to have a continued job. So, for me, on the back end, of course, word of mouth, right? For your restaurant, you have to have a great product, but having a good product is expensive. Having a great product that's worth sharing is cheap because you don't have to pay for marketing it self-markets itself. It has inherent virality to it. And then if you understand that buying behavior, you can actually look at it and say, how do we incentivize spreading word of mouth? How do we put hooks in our business? How do we make our food more shareable? How do we make it more postable? How do we how do we bring people in? Because we know that we've pulled people and that's it, this is an inherently social event going to a restaurant. So how do we enable that behavior? But Going back to the Yelp piece, all marketing is essentially renting people's earned audiences. So Facebook has provided at least the minimum level of connection and value to get about 2 billion people on there. And what you're doing is you're paying a transaction to have access to that audience. And there's a bunch of machine learning and fun stuff that's matching your offer up with somebody that might want it. But it's very like broad to broad and very vanilla. And that's the issue that I have is if I had a million dollars to spend on marketing and I had a commercially facing business, it would be in my marketing mix, but it by no means would be the first thing that I would choose because for every audience, for every uh, customer I've ever talked to, every client that I've ever had, anybody that's jumped on a Zoom with me, Julie knows I asked them the same thing. Who has already earned your audience? Who owns your audience? And they're like, Nobody. Nobody is doing what I do. And I'm like, okay, so like you do this, like what else does your customer buy? So the, the fitness analogy is what I give people the most because it's the easiest to understand. And I don't, I don't coach fitness coaches. So like, but it's an easy analogy to, to figure out is if I am a nutritionist, everybody is trying to spend money to add noise to the market against every other nutritionist. So we're inundated with ads and noise and content copy and, and pitches and CTA and emails and just bullshit. And everybody that's the guru that's out there is saying, Oh, you just jump into that torrent and river as well. Like you just be noisier. You join the chorus of voices that are saying like, do keto, uh, don't do keto, do high carb, do this, do this, do this all these different things, and it, it confuses our customers. But in reality, there is a placid lake of revenue. There is a peaceful, like, reservoir of waiting money. They're waiting to buy what you have. And it's not by competing. It's by moving yourself and moving over to where the customers already exist. So if there is a, a, something that trains people, and they do the physical training portion, and you do the nutrition coaching, you can add extra revenue to their business, and you can form a very simple partnership. Hey, I'll do all the food plans for every single person that you have. Every time that we do a food plan, you'll make an extra 50 bucks a month. I'll do the food plans for 100, 150 bucks a month, whatever it ends up being. So you never have to spend any money on ads. If you take the money that you would spend for customer acquisition costs on ads and you move it over to invest in a partnership, just initially you can get customers, but down the road, you'll build the kind of network that is capable of massive opportunities. Uh, and because okay. and, yeah, you're investing.
1: So I want to ask if we're now use that, like you might not be able to do this real, like real time here, but who who has the audience that that Corey has like how how do we how do we get to that point for him to say right. here who ha- here's who already has your audience let's leverage that
6: yeah so the the temptation is to initially say like okay well it's going to be food reviewers and that may be true it may not be true but like it's like the ultimate social media, uh, kind of kick is they say, Oh, it's, it's influencers. It's, it's reviewers, but then they ha- might have attention and they might have an audience, but they might not have an audience that buys, right. They might be a consuming audience. This is the biggest fallacy that I see in social media is the just sheer pointlessness of social media is that people have a ton of followers, lots of likes, and then they have no, no, uh, have no customers i I talked to a friend of ours Mm -hmm. yesterday about this she has amazing we 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 talked to a a friend of ours as well a a craftsman great content pours his heart out lots of engagement no sales on that that channel right and Mm -hmm. so the temptation is to initially go and say okay here's this popular food reviewer here's this you know and just say, I want them to review my restaurant. And I say that that's, it's a low energy activity. It's slightly higher energy activity than say, paying for an ad arbitrarily, but that person has no vested interest in your success. And you haven't lined up their audience into a purchasing behavior. So then once you figure out, okay, who do my potential customers actually listen to? Well, how do I pull them into maybe the it's a food tasting social event, right? Where they have to pull in their their audience and people follow them because they like them. Well, how do you get them to like them at Cabo? Right. I so, have an idea.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> I just had an idea that just like, so there is a basically like a rec sports league, right? Mm-hmm. with like literally <laughs> i just joined a kickball team that's true there you go right and on my kickball team there's like 50 people right, yeah, right. so you just think, thinking that exponentially there are probably 16 teams in this wreck kickball league but kickball when you are you know you once you've graduated college and you are playing like kickball softball or whatever you're it's there's a nostalgia that is attached to it so yep. that is an audience that would in theory be a Cabo fan
6: yeah I, li- I like where this brainstorming is going because uh you know Corey said this before I hopped on is that there's a lot of nostalgia around Cabo itself but there's also a lot of nostalgia and socialization around just the behavior of going to a restaurant having a great margarita having a taco right so you think of when you think of your customer I have this term I call ecosystem selling so we look at what do they actually want to achieve yes they want to have a full belly but that puts you in the competitive range of like taco bell and Cabo are uh, equal tacos as far as being full. If not, you're at a loss because Taco Bell's so cheap, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like that is that's where mar- most marketers brains are. They're like, "Let's serve to people that like tacos." But there's no competitive advantage to greatness when you're when you're serving like a specific end result like that. So if you say, "Okay, well, our competitive advantage is we want to be this a neighborhood spot where people create new memories or they play on past nostalgia and create new memories with their new social, social circle, or they they take something that they've experienced in the past and they bring their new social circle to, to share in that nostalgia, right? And like, that's a powerful sentiment. And then when you realize what that feeling is and what that goal is, then you can say, well, what else helps them feel that? And And exactly. Julie like that's exactly what you're saying is that okay well being an adult and socializing is very difficult so like how do you enable that behavior and then how do you transfer that behavior from a place that already does it really really well and then bring it over to Cabo so it's like okay well maybe there's that rec leave and the championship is there and like it's like you know ch- you have this uh, champion awards and tacos ceremony and you make it a, a fun thing but like that gets attention and it's fun, but it also brings in probably a hundred people at once to the restaurant. And since it's a social thing, people are going to inherently want to share it. Right? So, so when you play upon that, that emotional piece, you're not spending money on ads, probably not giving anybody any kind of discount anyways, but it puts into this place where people want to talk about it. Hey, I'm going to this thing. You want to go to this thing? Hey, you know, check out this thing that I did last week, their PR posting on their Instagram, their Twitter, their Facebook anyways.
0: And uh, I mean, I think for restaurants, it's pretty, that's pretty easy to do because all you really have to do is find a, a group of people who want to be social or who, who are already being social and figure out a way to incentivize them to come into your space. But what about uh, for people who have like, who who don't have a physical building that people can walk into, who don't have, you know, who might not be selling a product, they're selling a service. Like, how do you build that? Services are the easiest.
6: <laughs> because if you have a really good service, you, unless you're some massive corporation, you can't even pretend like you do everything. And if you focus on what a customer goals are, you'll realize that you have a piece of the system. So So, for instance, maybe you guys, you don't do HR, you don't do placements, right? So we know somebody that does that and it does a phenomenal job. So once you start looking at the ecosystem of solutions required to bring your customer towards your goals, you have all these other things where you can say, Hey, if you sign up, you're going to get, you're going to get this training thing by this person. And that plays a little way to build that relationship, but that also means that you can have that offer to their list. It really is as simple as figuring out who else is serving your customer to provide uh, transformation towards their goals and then make it worth that person's business while and brand while like, uh, you know, revenue and equity to represent your business.
1: Love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we have to start wrapping up. We're getting close to the end of this segment here, but uh, Callie, do you have any other nuggets of wisdom to share with our audience? Well, I-
6: I'm really pumped up about our mastermind. And I know that the term mastermind gets like a lot of flack, right? And if there was some different word for it, I think we could call it that, but there's super high level value in talking to other people about your issues because their problems seem so clear and you you feel like you're an expert and you can give them great advice, but solving your own problems are always tricky. So when you can get four or five people who are fantastic in the same room that you can get a year's worth of of brainstorming done in just a couple weeks and it's it's a phenomenal outlet uh if you have a specific goal and so i'm really pumped up about that um yeah
1: yeah i think the mastermind is going to be great um i am looking forward to it and i what i'm most looking forward to is that I think the people that are that ha- are joining it are going to see these phenomenal shifts in their business and I don't even think they're going to they can appreciate yet what's about to happen just simply because they're going to start like looking at things completely different than they have been in the
6: past. Well, today we talked about two or three of the then 19 different channels that we're going to talk about. And this is I know that we're cutting real quick but this is the problem is that people don't even consider the way their customers buy and the easiest channels to grow their business for the size they are today or what they're trying to achieve once they realize that there's a really easy way to get the customer down the street instead of the person that doesn't know them across the world yeah it's going to it's going to radically change the way that they look at their
0: business forever yeah yeah julie how do people find out about this mastermind
1: Oh wow! They can go to uh, sbpace.com. Um, we have a literally. There's a banner running across uh, the page for it, uh, across our website, our homepage for it. Um, or they can um, reach out to Callie or me on Facebook. They can shoot DM us or on in- Instagram if you want to. If that's how you do, if that's how you do things. That's how you do business. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah.
1: However, you do business. Yeah, you can uh, reach out, and we've been posting about it regularly, and we've been doing some really sly posts about it too. little sideways. So, all right. um, Stick around because after the break, Corey's going to mansplain to me some, um, one very particular topic today. We'll be right back.
0: Hey everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram.
1: Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the
0: losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun, we have informative guests on, we talk about current events that affect small businesses and there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand.
1: Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up which we do so join us every thursday morning at 9 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel or catch the replays whenever you have time
3: Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com.
4: Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're a part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career
5: path. But how do you get started? First, tune into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimonoff.
0: Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. And I am very excited about this first segment because you know what? That means it's, it's time, time to gamble. To, it's time to gamble. We haven't had a conversation on the radio, at least, about gambling in a while. And, <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> and I'm excited to, to talk about this because I need to work on my record because it is dismal right now. I Mine mean, is still great. Yours is still great. So as of... Um, the last time that we had a show, like a live show, which was in April, um, I'm 7 and 10, and Julie is 15 and 4. So Julie crushing it over there. But I'm going to I'm gonna make a, a – this is a – we're getting into the NBA finals, the uh-huh. NHL finals, and then we get stuck in the stupid summer with a, where there's only really baseball to gamble on. And golf. You can gamble on golf. And soccer. You yeah, can gamble yeah. on soccer too. So I don't know. We'll figure that out. But for today – I'm going to talk about the NHL. I've been I've been doing well personally on the NHL, and I'm going to continue that streak today. Tampa Bay, New York Rangers. I'm taking the under five and a half points.
1: All right. Well, I wish you luck. I am going to take tomorrow night's NBA finals game. I'm taking they've got we've got the Golden State Warriors at Boston, and Boston is favored by four. So I am taking Boston tomorrow.
0: Excellent. And those lines that we got came from our friends at Action Network. And if anybody from Action, action Networks listening. Holler at us. Holler at us. All right. Well, (laughs) guess what?
1: It is time for Corey Mansplains to Julie.
0: Yes. So just to be clear, everybody, this was Julie's idea. Oh, yes. Yes. This was not. Yes.
1: We don't need anybody like sending us. Well, you can email us and tell us how offensive this is. Yes, that's fine. Yes. All right. So here we go. I'm going to read you just a little bit and then I need, we I need this mansplain to me and I 100% you can like tell me what I'm missing. Okay. Okay. I got to put my glasses on to read it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here is the snippet. <clears throat> The House on Wednesday passed a sweeping gun bill that would raise the minimum age to purchase an assault rifle in the U.S. from 18 to 21, even though the legislation doesn't stand much of a chance in the Senate. The bill called the Protecting Our Kids Act would also bar the sale of large-capacity magazines and institute new rules that dictate proper at-home gun storage. Okay. I want to know... How are they going to legislate at-home proper gun storage? Why is that part of a bill in Senate? You don't have any control over what I do in my fucking home.
0: Ah, yes, but there's where you're wrong, Julie.
1: Okay, (laughs) mansplain it to me. So
0: the it's it's first of all it is just a it's just grandstanding it's just them trying to do something so that they it looks like they're doing something can you
1: use smaller words please yes
0: they're <laughs> um no but they're they're, they're uh they're they, they want to make it look like they're doing something knowing full well that nothing's going to actually happen so that they can say hey at least we tried Um, but when it comes to dictating, I mean, the government is just loves the idea of dictating everything in your life and that, you know, and that includes your personal life thing, everything that happens inside of your home. Um, and the only thing that would, that would really make sense out of this is that if let's say I have, uh, you know, like the proper storage at home is it means that it's locked in a safe or you have a gun lock on the actual gun. Mm Um, and that people, nobody has access to that except for yourself. Um, so if somebody, you know, let's say your kid decided that they wanted to go, uh, you know, shoot somebody, they can't use the gun because it's properly locked up. And if somehow the kid does get access to the gun, that's now my fault. So if, if my, if I had a kid and it got access to a gun and shots, you know, somebody or itself, um, they could then like,
1: could you be charged with murder? I could.
0: I could be charged with the crime because they shouldn't have had access to that firearm, and so that's what they're trying to do. Is that like basically it's it, you know they're 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 just it, it, and when it comes to gun control, just in general, they're just trying to make it more and more annoying to own a gun, and because they know they can't outright make it illegal, but if they can make it super fucking annoying, then you know less and less people will. I mean, it's it's like smoking. Like smoking is amazing. But it's impossible (laughs) to do it pretty much anywhere now. And so that's like one of the easiest ways to, like, you can't outlaw smoking, but you can make it harder and harder and harder to smoke. So smoking is amazing. It is.
1: So I, I just, when I read that, I thought, well, this is just some sort of tyrannical government overreach. Everything
0: the government does is tyrannical. All right. Okay.
1: All right. All right. All right. I think I understand it now. At first I was like, this is just not, it is nonsense. But. The end game is they're they're looking for a loop around to charge someone else with the crime. Yes. And Mostly because the somebody in this situation, and let's be real, we're talking about, you know, mass shootings is the whole reason this is happening. And so in most of those situations, the gunman, gunman or gunwoman, I'm sorry, gun person, I don't know. I don't want to be offensive. Gun human. Gun human ends up dead. So there's nobody to charge so now they've got somebody that they can hang out to drive
0: uh it's not it's not necessarily that i I mean and and it's uh, at the very 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 like top of the surface of this it is like trying to get people to be more responsible which i'm i'm all for and because and accountability, responsibility, et cetera, that's just something that people just don't give two fucks about anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't really care if I'm accountable for shit. Um, so, like, I mean, like, in that, from that perspective, I'm like, okay, this is, I, I like the, the idea, but I know that it's, you know, seated in all sorts of nefarious stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like anything. I don't let the government tell me to do anything, period.
1: I love that you used the word nefarious. That's one of my favorite words. It's a great word.
0: All right, what do you got? Well, let's jump into some news. Um, Speaking of uh, guns and gun control and all that, I'm sure you heard about somebody trying to uh, go kill Justice Kavanaugh at Ah. his house. Yeah, I got some
1: thoughts on this one, too.
0: uh, He, uh, The guy... I'm not even going to get into like the politics or whatever but they you know he threatened to kill Justice Kavanaugh because of uh, his stance on abortion and gun control and ironically he brought a gun with him to try and kill Justice Kavanaugh um but the thing that really bugs me about this and it's just uh, one of the problems in uh, America probably the world in general is that we're not looking at the root cause of the problem so this guy shows up at his house and Um, you know, and he gets stopped because there are some marshals outside, et cetera, et cetera. But apparently this guy, um, had called somebody, you know, whether it was a, a helpline or something prior to this with, uh, uh, like talking about killing himself, talking about killing Kavanaugh, talk like, like this guy has mental issues, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And people are going to look at this and be like, oh, well, the problem is, uh, Kavanaugh's politics. or the problem is guns. No, the problem is mental health. And that's something that we don't address in this country at all. And I mean, when it comes to homelessness, when it comes to anything, it's, it's like, oh, well, you know, the problem is it's drugs and mental health. And they're like, well, no, the problem is that it's too expensive to live anywhere. And I'm like, well, no, like the, the mother of three who, you know, got laid off at the factory and is on the streets. That's a significantly insignificant part of the problem. The problem is drugs and mental health. And we don't want to address that because that's hard, you know? And and when it, the same thing goes for, you know, gun control, it's like, all right, well, the problem is clearly guns. No, the problem is people who are shooting people. That's the problem. Like it should not be, you know, that shouldn't be the first thing that comes to your mind when something goes wrong. So I'm going to go shoot that person.
1: So I'm, I think I'm going to ask you to mansplain something to me again. All right. Why is, why is mental health such a hard like why doesn't anybody want to look at that like why I I, is it because we're so married to the concept of getting rid of getting rid of the second amendment that we are that's all we can think about like why can't why doesn't anybody what not anybody why do most people not want to acknowledge the mental health crisis that's happening in our country and how it has escalated in the last two years
0: I I don't know why it's not a subject that people want to cover it's i mean and i mean from like a political standpoint it's 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 a it's a hard it's a hard subject to sell like you can't say hey i'm gonna run on mental health because that's you know causing these problems it's no i want to get rid of guns i want to end homelessness because i can see guns i can see homelessness i can't see mental health Mm -hmm. and And it's also like, as much as the government loves to tell people what to do, they're like, oh, but that's, you know, that's their thing. That's, that's their life to live. Like if they want to take their medication, they can, or, you know, like it's, uh, you know, like that's, I I don't understand why like, that's not a thing outside of it's just, it's a, it's a hard sell. I can't, I can't put that on, you know, my, my, a plank in my platform and and expect to win a race on that, but I can go out there and say, I'm going to end homelessness. Mm. I'm going to, you know, reduce the cost of of housing. You know, and that's my guess. I don't know.
1: Okay. That's that's fair. Well, do you got any other news stories?
0: Well, you have any?
1: I do not. Oh, I just well, wanted got... you to mansplain to me. Oh, perfect.
0: Um <laughs> so uh let's let's stay on the government.
1: Let's do it. Uh, yes, I've so got a lot of things to say here.
0: The uh government trust in the American trust in government is near historic lows. <laughs> this is from Pew. So in 1964 uh, 77% of the country had a positive opinion. Of- 64? 1964. Yes. Okay. So, you know, almost 20 years ago. Um, did you just say
1: 1964 and then you said almost 20 years ago?
0: Sorry, 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm like, wait. Uh, no, I was doing the we- math in my head. I was like, it's 2022. And I was like 20. And then, yeah. Right. Okay,
1: all
5: right,
0: all right. okay. Um, but anyway, uh, we are at right around 20% now, which I think is still too damn high. One-fifth of the country still has a positive opinion of the government. What fuck is wrong with those people? Who are those people?
1: <laughs> yes. But I wonder what the media number is, like the trusted media. Oh, it's got to be. In Do the, you think it's lower? Digits. It
0: has to yes. be. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, let's, can we just, for uno momento, talk about the price of gas? Sure. <laughs> right? Like, I know everybody's talking about gas and people are probably tired of talking about the price of gas, but literally Memorial Day weekend, I, and I don't drive very often, right? I don't really have to drive many places, for, fortunately, right? So, so very rarely fill up my gas tank. And within, with the exception of a couple of trips up to Philadelphia area or into Pennsylvania, I really haven't driven far enough. So literally I've probably filled my gas tank up a total of like six times this entire year, right? So that's, that's pretty good. When I Was went to Pennsylvania. I went to the Poconos over Memorial Day, right? Paid like it was $4.29 a gallon of gas, filled up on Tuesday, it was $5.29. And now it's like you just told me this morning there's places where it's like over six dollars
0: in Virginia. Yeah,
1: in Virginia. What the hell.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to tell you.
1: It's literally, like, going up, like, a dollar a week? Yeah. Where, 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 where's the end? Where's the stop?
0: I don't know, but we are at the end of this show, Julie. Oh, we are? Yeah. Oh, shit, we yeah. really are. Yeah. So, we're, we're at the end. We'll we'll talk about that next week when it's $7.29 a gallon. Um, but that is it for today. Uh, once again, thank you to Callie for joining the show. Always a, a good conversation with him. And... Uh, if you want to learn about us, learn about that mastermind, head on over to sbpace.com. If you want to connect with Callie, go to uh, the redbluecollective.com or check out his podcast, End Hype. And that's everywhere out there where podcasts are. That's it for today.
1: Thanks, everyone.